Hi there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, it's fun to experience new things, right? Or even old things in a new situation. Like, I'm about 48 or so hours into my newest home aquarium, and I'm already feeling it. I'm past that initial, what will this look like kind of phase, and, you know, the, oh, I got the wood arranged just like I wanted phase, and now I'm in the time to add a few details phase, and get the tank ready to kind of turn over to Mother Nature to take it from here. And that's exactly the part of the aquarium journey that excites me the most. I'm in the final few days of sort of tweaking any part of the scape, mainly of adding some bits and pieces of red mangrove bark to the base of my little wood stack. It's a sort of secret weapon of mine in terms of bringing escape out of that new kind of harsh looking phase and into a more natural vibe. As it breaks down, mangrove bark pieces not only add a sort of softness to the whole display, They serve to tint the water and create a foraging area for some fishes and just start to blend the various elements together as things progress. It's uh, the first, you know, sort of phase that we we manipulate the environment in. And, you know, we're now at a point where the first fungal growths and biofilms are starting to emerge out of the wood surface and the water is sort of taking on that, that nice brownish tone. Fish seem more relaxed. Okay, I don't need a blow by blow description for you of my tank breaking in. However... A lot of you who might be new to the process of botanical-style aquariums are probably curious about what happens when new systems start to evolve. You know, cycling, biofilms, algae, all that startup stuff. Yeah, I sometimes forget about that stuff. Seems like I've had tanks just kind of set up for so long, particularly in our tinted water and decomposing leaf world, that I've kind of forgotten about the stuff that happens in, you know, brightly lit tanks for a little bit. You know, that part when all your good work looks like, well, you get it, looks like shit, as it's covered with that familiar patina of biofilms, and the tank goes through its nutrient cycling phase. The part where every hobbyist, experienced or otherwise, has those lingering doubts and asks questions and kind of goes through those mental gymnastics of trying to cope. Do I have enough flow? Is my water quality good? Is it my light? When will this shit go away? Does it go away? I know it's just a phase, right? Yeah, it goes away. When? It will go away, right? I mean, it's common with virtually every new tank. We have things that, you know, concern us. There's the the, the familiar uh, sort of refrain and the familiar processes that happen. And there's always the waiting, the not being able to visualize a fully stocked tank thing, the patience tasting kind of stuff. Uh, stuff which, you know, I'm pretty much hardened to by now, I think. But accepting a totally different look, not worrying about phases or the ephemeral nature of some of the things in my aquarium. Yet... Like anyone who sets up an aquarium, I admit that still those things put doubts in the dim recesses of my mind, too. It's the process of decades of doing fish stuff, wondering, yeah, is this the time when, you know, things won't work out as expected? I mean, it's one of those rites of passage that we all go through when we set up new aquariums, right? Those early doubts, the questioning of ourselves, the reviewing of fundamental procedures and practices. Maybe they need to reach out to the community to gain reinsurance. It's normal. It's often inevitable. We're social creatures. The point of this piece is not about algae or nitrites or biofilms or botanicals per se. It's about the mindset that we bring to the table when we experience such things. Those biofilm phases particularly bring out familiar feelings. Feelings that perhaps make us uncomfortable because we realize that despite all of our planning and knowledge and forethought, we're not entirely in control. Nature is. She calls the shots. These phases and new tanks are hers to execute. We just have to accept, understand, and wait them out patiently, perhaps even learning to appreciate and understand them to the point where they simply become rungs on a ladder, trail markers, if you will, on our journey to our aquarium's ultimate destination. She's done it for eons in the wild, creating beautiful functional habitats that inspire us beyond anything we could ever hope to achieve. 
we need to relax and have a little faith that she'll do similar deeds in our little glass boxes, if we allow her to. So what exactly happens in the early days of a botanical-style aquarium? Well, for one thing, the water will gradually start to tint up, as we talked about. Now, I admit this is perhaps one of the most variable and unpredictable aesthetic aspects of these types of aquariums. Many factors ranging from what kind and how much of chemical filtration and media that you use, what types and how much, again, of botanical materials that you're using, and other things impact this. Recently, I've also heard a lot of pretty good observation-based information from experienced plant enthusiasts that some aquatic plants take up tannins as they grow. Interesting, right? So stuff changes. The botanicals themselves begin to physically break down. Now, I personally feel that the botanical-style aquariums always look better after a few, you know, a few weeks or even months of operation. And you know, when they're new, they leaves and botanicals are crisp, intact, and fresh-looking. and They have a nice artistic appearance, but it's not necessarily the natural look in the sense that it doesn't look established and alive. The real magic takes place weeks later. The whole environment of a more established botanical-style aquarium looks substantially different after just a few weeks. While the water gradually darkens, those biofilms appear. It just looks more earthy, more mysterious, more alive. It's that wabi-sabi con- you know, concept again. Something that's on my mind and been on my mind a lot lately. In its most simplistic and literal form, the Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi is the acceptance and contemplation of the imperfection, the constant flux, and the intemperance of all things, or impermanence of all things. It's a very interesting philosophy, one you know, which has been embraced in aquascaping by none other than the late great Takashi Yamano, who proffered that a planted aquarium is in constant flux, and that one needs to uh, to contemplate, embrace, and enjoy that sweet sadness of the transience of life. Many of Amano's greatest works embrace this philosophy, and it evolved over time. Uh, and many of his plants would alternately thrive, spread, and decline, reworking and reconfiguring the landscape with a minimal amount of human intervention. And each phase of Nakuascape's existence brought a new beauty and even a joy to those who would observe them. Yet in today's context-driven, break-down-the-tank-after-the-show world, the philosophy of appreciating change by nature over time seems to have largely been tossed aside as we sort of move on to the next scape. We want to get somewhere fast. Sure, this may fit our lifestyle and our interests, but it denies nature her chance to shine. There's something amazing about this process, which we should all enjoy at every stage. Leaves and such are simply not permanent additions to our scape, and if we wish to enjoy them in their more intact forms, we'll need to replace them as they start to break down. It's not a bad thing. It's simply how much, you know, it's simply how, I shouldn't say how much, it's simply how to use them to create a specific aesthetic in a permanent aquarium display. Much like flowers in a garden, leaves will have a period of time where they're, you know, in all their glory, followed by the gradual, inevitable encroachment of a biological decay process. At this phase, you may opt to leave them all in the aquarium to reach the environment further, or offer an entirely new aesthetic, or you can remove and replace them with fresh leaves and botanicals. It very much replicates the processes which occur in nature, doesn't it? It does. Now, this idea of breaking in and cycling aquariums has been understood, analyzed, and studied since the dawn of a modern aquarium keeping. Sure, there might be a dozen different variations of the sequences and details, but essentially it's all the same. Now, the phases that I'm interested in, for the context of this discussion, are the ones which seem to occur long after the aquarium is cycled, broken in, and otherwise well-established, specifically in the context of the botanical-style aquariums that we play with. These more mature phases are fascinating to me. They represent the aquarium at a point of ecological maturity, when the biological processes that are so crucial are stable and well-established. Now, without going 
into one of the dozens of aspects of mature aquarium's definition. Let's just say it's a system that you're not on the edge of worrying about every single day and leave it at that. Of course, an aquarium which utilizes botanicals as a good part of its hardscape follows a set of phases too. And I found that once botanical-style aquariums hit that sort of stable mode, it's just that. They're stable. You won't see wildly fluctuating pH, nitrites, phosphates, etc. You know, to some degree, the aquarium has achieved a sort of biological equilibrium. And the one thing that's unique about the botanical-style approach is that we tend to accept the idea of these decomposing materials accumulating in our systems. We understand that they act to a certain extent as fuel for the micro and macro fauna which reside in the aquarium. I've long been one, you know, that believes that if you decide to let the botanicals remain in your aquarium to break down and decompose completely, that you shouldn't change course by suddenly removing the material all at once. Now, why is this? Well, I think my theory is steeped in the mindset that if you've created this little ecosystem and you start removing a significant amount of someone's food, or for that matter, their home, there's bound to be a net loss of biosha, and this could lead to the disruption of the very biological processes that we aim to foster. Okay, it's a theory. But I think I might be onto something, maybe. So, like, here's my theory in more detail. If you look at the botanical-style aquarium, like any aquarium, of course, as a little microcosm with processes and life forms depending on each other for food, shelter, and aspects of their existence, and I really believe, you know, the environment of this type of aquarium, because it relies on botanical materials, is significantly more influenced by the amounts and composition of said material. It's just like natural, you know, aquatic ecosystems. The botanical materials are a real base for the little microcosm that we create. And of course, by virtue of the fact that they contain other compounds like tannins, humic substances, lignans, etc., they also serve to influence the water chemistry of the aquarium, the extent to which is dictated by a number of things, including the starting point of the source water used to fill the tank. So in short, I think the presence of botanicals in our aquariums is multifaceted, highly influential, and an extremely important thing for the stability, the ecological balance, and the efficiency of the tank. As a new system establishes itself, the biological processes adapt to the quantity and types of materials present. The nitrogen cycle and the other nutrient processing capabilities of the aquarium evolve over time. And then there's that other tangential theory that I've played with in the back of my head for a while. And unfortunately, not being a scientist, I have no way of testing it. But I can't help but wonder if a layer of materials like leaves performs some degree of denitrification, much like you find in a deep sand bed in a reef aquarium. I mean, you have a matrix in which microorganisms, fungi, and small crustaceans can grow, feed, and multiply. And conditions within a layer of leaves might approximate those found within a layer of sand, including possible aerobic zones, void spaces, etc. Could this be? Could a bed of leaves and botanicals be the equivalent of a deep sand bed for denitrification and other nutrient utilization processes? I think it's absolutely a possibility. I know there have been some studies of natural deep leaf litter beds, or leaf litter beds found in nature, that is, and some theories that postulate about them performing similar functions as well as influencing the pH of the surrounding waters be the process of fermentation. There's a lot out there for the knowledgeable and ambitious hobbyist or scientist to work with. Of course, on the most simple scale, we as hobbyists can test parts of the theory for ourselves. I can fall back on my couple of decades of playing with these tanks, and personally, I've never had these wildly fluctuating environmental parameters and so forth. I just haven't, despite what it seems like should be something that goes with the territory. I mean, we have decomposing leaves, something that would freak out hobbyists who've never made the mental shift that we have. Now, one thing I have experienced, and I've experienced it recently, is algae, Um, particularly in a very high light situation in a tank with a lot of nutrient-laden materials. 
Um, I had an aquarium that I upgraded the lighting in and never experienced a, a shred of algae anywhere. And it just got covered in green. And that makes sense because algae is a function of nutrient and light. And of course, I always had the nutrients in there, but in the absence of bright light, the algae just weren't able to get a foothold. And in this instance, where I have bright light, suddenly the algae have taken the dominant you know, phase over the biofilms and just about everything else in the tank. It's very interesting. This whole thing's an interesting process. The journey of an aquarium breaking in, it's one of the most fascinating and engrossing aspects of the botanical style aquarium. It's a journey that starts with a somewhat predictable progression and unfolds in a manner dictated by nature with a pace and an ultimate outcome that only she knows if we allow her to do it. It can be a bit unnerving, ceding so much control to nature. However, the rewards can be fantastic. So button up for the journey. It's going to be a fun one. Stay patient. Stay bold. Stay curious. Stay observant. Stay resourceful. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman. Thanks very much for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.